సహనావతు సహనౌనత్తు సహవీయంకరవాహై తేజస్వినాధీకమస్తు మావిషావహై తన్విలక్షణ కశ్చిత 
So the scriptures recognize that one has also a duty towards oneself. So atmana shvamichara, one is desiring the well-being of oneself in the first stage, life of activity, life of contribution, which brings about a preparedness of the mind, which is characterized by a keen desire for knowledge. When that has happened, then now one can say that one has fulfilled all the duties and one is now empowered or, or, or accepted to now devote for one's own well-being. <coughs> so the truly speaking, this cannot be called selfishness because this person is not seeking. When it's atmana shuvavichyada, the one desiring the well-being of oneself, the oneself is not the individual self. The self that is searching for now is the universal self. So it is not that he is dedicating himself to know his individual self, that everybody knows. To know the self is the self of all. So really speaking, you can say that now, in a way, is the contribution to the self of all. And so what this person was earlier doing in a by way of action, overtly, externally, is doing much more than that in a subtle manner. Meaning he remains a contributor. Except that now he contributes in a more subtle manner. So there are many Mahatmas who are living in the caves in Himalayas. Do they contribute anything they do? By their very presence, by their very thoughts and attitudes, they are a blessing for the whole world. Less self-centered you become, more of a blessing you become. So here is a person who is now proceeding towards becoming totally selfless, meaning self of all. So one need not feel guilty, people feel guilty. I remember that even when we went to ashram, somebody was very sad. Now I left my parents behind and this my duties at such time felt guilty. This may be true, I'm not suggesting that. Just because you are pursuing knowledge that you are not guilty of all. But then point is that one need not feel if there is a genuine pursuit of knowledge, genuine desire, then one should know that one is now matured or grown to a point where contribution in the physical sense can be now transformed into contribution into a spiritual sense. <coughs> Koham kasamidam jatam. So now he dedicates into vichara, meaning contemplation upon the, the teaching of the scriptures. <coughs> you say the subject of the Upanishad is a self, or the dream reality. The reality behind the individual, the universe, and Ishvara. So jiva, Jagat and Ishvara, these three entities make up our life. 
you are an individual. Second, the world I am interacting with, Ishvara, the creator of the world. These three include the entire life. Therefore the Upanishads pursue and inquire into what's the nature of the individual, what's the nature of the world, what's the nature of God, and what is the relationship between them. <coughs> so koham, who am I? Kathamidam jatam, where does the universe come from? Kovi kartasya vidyate, is there a creator of the universe? If so, what's the nature of that creator? Is there a maker? Upadanam kimasti hai? And is there a material from which the universe has been shaped? So who is the maker and what's the material? So is it karta or maker? That means Ishwara is included. When you say material, that means jagar is included. Who am I? The self is included. <coughs> so among this, this include, I mean, you know, that covers the entire reality, you know, existence that we come across. Idiha vichara soyamidrushaha. That vichara, that vichara, which vichara? This is jnana sadhanam, which is a means of knowledge. Because not padyate vinagnyam, vicharayana, any sadhanam, all you ever say. The knowledge cannot arise by means other than vichara. So that vichara, which is a means of knowledge, is this, not any other vichara. Not that I am sitting in my armchair and then, you know, thinking and, you know, some kind of, not that vichara. It is a vichara or an inquiry which is in a specified way. Basically what it is, is the understanding of what the Upanishad reveals. <coughs> so when the inquiry is performed in this manner, where there is now an attempt to know the nature of self, attempt to know the nature of the universe, an attempt to know the nature of Ishwara or the Creator, which are of this kind, because the means of the knowledge of the self. <coughs> knowledge. So now the teacher illustrates how the vichara, the inquiry, the investigation goes on. Nam, bhuta, so koham, who am I, is taken first. Now it says, I am not this, and the interesting thing is, even the question is, who am I? The answer is, I am not this, I am not this, I am not this, whatever. You tell me who you are. Koham, who am I? So this vichara inquiry as to who am I, is pursued by saying, Naham Bhuta Gano Deha, the body I am not. Naham Chakshikanastata, this group of sense organs I am not. The sense of Akshay includes the sense organs in the mind I am not. 
the awareness or experience of rope is already revealed, this is. If the rope is not experienced as this is, then the question of projection of snake would not have been there. In the pitch dark situation, the rope is not known as this is. In the broad daylight, the rope is known as this is rope. In a twilight, when there is not enough light, then the rope is known as this is snake. So this is part. It belongs to where? Belongs to the rope. So not that you experience rope, you follow? Rope is experience. Had it not been experienced, the question of the projection of snake would not have been there. In a way rope is known, so what do we need to do? This is not snake. You see, the thing is, the false part has to be negated. Similarly also here, so, and then when you to show the torchlight, of course the snake is not there, the rope is there. <coughs> here, the eye is self-effulgent, self-existing, therefore always an object of awareness or experience. And there is not a moment when I am without the experience of I, even in deep sleep state also. Deep sleep state also when I am not aware of my individuality and not aware of anything else. At that time also the I continues to shine. That is why when I wake up in the morning, I said, I did not know anything. I slept well. I did not know anything. Meaning that there was awareness of the absence of everything. When I say I see nothing, suppose there is pitch darkness, yes, what is, I see nothing. And you can say I see nothing. Or, I see the absence of everything, you follow. So seeing, when you say I see nothing, in fact you are seeing. Is it not so? If you did not have eyes, you can't say I see nothing because you don't see. You see the absence. Then seeing is there. Even in pitch dark situation, when I do not see anything particular, I see anyway. For me to say, that I do not see anything, I must be seeing. So I is always there, present all the time, shining all the time. So it's not that an unknown I or non-experienced I has to be made object of experience. Or an unknown I has to be made the object of knowledge. It is the wrongly known I which has to be known correctly. Therefore, in the knowledge of I which I have right now, whatever is a false part has to be negated. Because the right part, I am is the right part. When I say I am the body, the I am is the right part. The body is the wrong part, which Vedanta says is the superimposition. What the ignorance causes is a dhyasa 
or superimposition. Just as when I do not the rope is rope, I'm aware of the object that is rope, but not aware of the fact that it is rope. That's a very peculiar situation when adhyasa superimposition takes place. For adhyasa or adhyarupa superimposition takes place, meaning for me to know an object such as rope wrongly, that happens in a very peculiar situation. It does not happen in broad daylight. It does not happen in pitch dark condition also. Only happens in a, in a condition where there is not enough light. Where light is enough for me to experience a rope, but not enough to rec- for me to recognize it as rope. You follow? The rope is experienced, but not recognized as rope. It is in this peculiar situation that superimposition takes place on the rope part, that is the superimposition of snake, and I said this is snake. Similarly, in case of, this is an excellent example, for example, I also, you are not aware of I at all. As in deep sleep state, like the pitch darkness, there is no problem there, no superimposition, and there were no samsara, where in deep sleep state. It is comparable to the rope in the pitch dark situation. For a wise person who knows the eye as eye is like the broad daylight, that person also is no problem. The problem is the fellow for whom there is not enough light, but light enough to experience but not recognize. So this is called ignorance. Ignorance is not total darkness here. It is not absence of knowledge. It is kind of an ignorance that causes wrong knowledge. So Vedanta would say that ignorance has twofold power. What is it? Avaram and Vikshepa. Veiling and projection. Meaning that the true nature of something is veiled from me and the false is projected there. So also, in case of ignorance of the rope, the true nature of the rope is veiled from me and what is not the snake, which is not the rope, is projected there. That can happen when there is knowledge and still not knowledge. In Vedantic terms we can say that when there is knowledge, samanya is there, meaning that thing is known in general, but visheshajnanam, the thing in particular is not known. Anyway, now that we are in, let us, you know, complete the topic. So here, this is flower in my hand. You see, this is flower. If there is a pot in my hand, you say, this is a pot. This is a chain. In all these perceptions, this is, this is, this is common, you know that. 
This is applies to all the objects. And the flower, path, clock apply to particular objects. Correct? That this is, it is universal, common to all the objects, perceptible to me. There is parts and cloth and cloth, they are what? Vishesha or particular. Because in every knowledge, there is a universal aspect and a particular aspect. This is a flower. This is, quote, universal aspect, a flower, particular aspect. This is a clock. This is an clock. Universal and particular. Now when can this projection or mistake or error can take place? Very peculiar situation. Where the universal knowledge is there, but the particular knowledge is not there. Take the case of rope. This is a rope. In that, this is, is the universal aspect. The rope is the particular aspect. Samanya and Vishesha in Sanskrit. This is, is the Samanya Universal common to all. The rope, Rajju, is what? The Vishesha Jnana. So now, when I have both Samanya and Vishesha, then there is no problem. As in broad daylight, this is a rope. So this is, Samanya also is known, rope, Vishesh also is known, no problem. In pitch darkness, I don't see anything. So this is, Samanya also is not known, Vishesh also is not known, no problem. But in the inadequate light, when I see this is, but not the rope, so Samanya is seen, known, but the Vishesha is not known. That is when projection takes place. On the Vishesha part, such as rope in this case, the snake or what it is not is superimposed. <coughs> Something similar happens in our case also. When I am asleep, asleep, fast asleep, I do not know myself in general, particular or general. I don't know, I am not aware of myself at all. The wise person knows I am Brahman. So he knows I am also in Brahman also. I am in the Samanya Jnana and then Vishesha Jnana. So for wise person, I am Brahman. So Atma is known Samanya as well as Vishesha No problem. In deep sleep state, I am also is not known, nothing is known, no samanya, no vishesha, no problem. These two fellows are okay. In between, for everybody else, the I am is always known, which is a problem. This I am, you know, you can't avoid. I am is known. If that rope was not known, then the question of superimposing of snake would not have taken place. <coughs> But I am is what self-effulgent, self-revealing endeavor always reveals in all conscious moments. But the ignorance of I weighs the particular aspect of I. What is Brahman? 
I am one, I am non-dual, self of all, Brahman, complete, limitless, Ananda. This is Vishesh aspect. This is veiled by ignorance. Ignorance cannot veil I am. Even the ignorance also cannot veil I am. It veils the particular aspect and that is where all superimposition takes place. I am a man, I am a woman, I am tall, I am short, I am happy, I am unhappy. That happy and unhappy, all of them are superimpositions. The question is, why this kind of superimposition? Because of the vicinity of this body-mind-sense complex. So there is a very special relationship that the I has with this body-mind-sense complex. We call it gross and subtle bodies. This gross body and sense organs and mind make up the subtle body. Since there is a proximity of the gross and subtle, therefore, they as though throw their light upon I and therefore this confusion happens. And the crystal is clear and transparent. <coughs> However, when there is vicinity of some object, colored object, such as this cloth, then the cloth makes the crystal appear as this color. Cloth does not make the crystal colored. Cloth makes the crystal appear colored. Thank God. This is living grace. If the cloth transforms the crystal, then it is gone. Nothing you can do. You cannot change the nature. The crystal appears red or whatever this color is, you know. So, why is it so? Because this is in the vicinity of the crystal. So what is in the vicinity throws its weight or its attributes upon something which is without any attributes. If this thing had an attribute, like, like this object, then you place something beside it, nothing happens because there is no attribute, the weight can't be affected. What becomes a, uh, what do you call it, a sitting duck? is someone like this, who has no attribute at all. And therefore, anybody can impose this attribute upon that. So whatever be the color, it will create an appearance of that color in the crystal, because crystal is no color of its own. It is nirvishesha, without all attributes. Similarly, that I am has no attribute at all. And therefore, these fellows, they are like the colors beside the crystal. Atma is like the crystal, transparent, colorless, ever pure, attributeless. This gross and subtle body there is all attributes. So fatness also belongs to gross body, and happiness belongs to subtle body, etc. All these things belong to the gross and subtle bodies, which are in the vicinity of the self, most proximate vicinity. Therefore, upadi, in Vedanta you call it upadi, the limiting agent. So this cloth becomes upadi of the crystal, which throws its color upon the crystal as though 
and makes the crystal appear colored. It's called upadi. Similarly, the gross and subtle bodies are upadis, which throw or impose their attributes upon the self, as though, meaning that they do not make the self with attribute, they only create the appearance of attribute in the self. That means that the self does not become the body, doesn't become fat, doesn't become happy or unhappy. But the gross and subtle bodies create an appearance of happiness and unhappiness. Now, what happens is, someone who doesn't know the crystal will think that the crystal is red, it is blue, it is yellow. Similarly, one who doesn't know the self thinks that self is fat and lean and happy and unhappy. So this is where all the problems are created. In iron there is no problem. In fat there is no problem. I am fat, that's where the problem is. Crystal no problem. Color is no problem. The crystal is color, that is where the problem is. Do you follow? Therefore, to know the crystal, all you need is just a separate them, that's all. Recognize that even when the crystal appears colored, the color does not belong to crystal. The crystal is transparent, even pure. Similarly also, the, I am tall, I am happy. To know that happy, unhappy does not belong to I am, it is an appearance, not a reality of I am. <coughs> How do you do this? It's called viveka, separating the color from the crystal. Okay. The separation takes place now in the mind. There is a way by which this color can be completely avoided also and the crystal can be appreciated as it is. And even when the crystal appears colored, in your own mind you can separate the two and recognize that even when the crystal appears colored, in reality it is transparent, colorless, pure. <coughs> Called Viveka. Separating the Upadi from the Upahita, from what is? So Upadi means the limiting everything, what appears limited. <coughs> so that is why you find in the process of negation more than assertion. They will tell us what the nature of self also is, but what self is not because of the superimposition. The attributes of the gross and subtle bodies are superimposed upon the self. You can say, in Swami's word, I will lump together the two. And therefore the need to recognize what belongs to Upadi, so that we know, mix them up, to recognize the self as it is. <coughs> so the teacher said, Nam Bhuta Gano Deha, Nam Deha, under the body, Nam Chakshikanasa. Similarly, I am not a group of sense organs of the mind. Why is it so? Drushyatvat. Both of them are what? Drushya. Both of them are the objects of perception. They are object. They can be objectified. Who am I? I am the subject. Subject is 
always different from the object. I am not saying object is different from subject. What do I say? Subject is always different from the object. Atma is always different from anātma. What is anātma means atma will come to that. So don't say, Swami, you say that anātma is different. I am not saying it. What I say? Atma is different from anātma. That means there are two realities. We didn't say. See, there will be duality provided. Anātma also is different from atma. So there is non-duality in spite of apparent duality. The Atma is there, Anātma, the two entities. Atma is different from Anātma. Swami, does it mean that Anātma is a different reality, is a duality? No, Anātma is not different from Atma. They will come to that. But for right now, Atma is different from Anātma. This is a new phenomenon to me that we are, we are losing light like this. Amdavad is known for its, you know, no, known well for its uninterrupted power supply. But I am quite surprised the interruption that you see. Either vilakshana kaschida vilakshana. Vilakshana means, so vipareeta lakshana. I am the one, I am someone or something that is of altogether different nature, contrary nature. So vilakshana means characteristic. Vilakshana, vipareeta lakshana, of altogether opposite characteristic. I am not the gross body. I'm not a subtle boy, I'm the one who has altogether the opposite attributes. The gross boy is object, I'm subject. Gross boy is has birth and death, limited in time, I'm free from limitation of time. The gross boy is limited in place, at one place, at one time, I'm divided of limitation of space, etc., etc. So whatever attributes these fellows have, who am I? I am the one that is of opposite attribute. How can there be combination of this? Amazing. These two things cannot combine. And they haven't combined. But then appearance of the combination. <coughs> okay, we'll not say too much because So first question is koham. So that nishchaya or the ascertainment is done in verse 13. Next is katham idam jatam. How is this universe born? It is nishchaya kriyate. So now comes to an understanding of how this is born. So there are also different opinions are there by the thinkers. Just as about the self, different thinkers have different opinions. So also about what is the cause of the creation? About the cause of creation also, different thinkers have different opinions. There are the atomists among us. Look at Vaisheshikas. 
So they said that the atoms are the, the primary cause of the universe. The universe is, is made up of atoms. What are atoms? Atoms are the irreducible, finest particles. So when you take a piece of matter, keep on dividing it, I think you come to a point from which you cannot divide further. The indivisible unit is called atom. That's the new, what Newton others thought, you know. Atom was the most fundamental thing, indivisible. Later on, this is where, so the Vaishya also said, Prithivyari Bhutani, Kayatvat, Soparvana, Jayante. See, earth and water and fire, all these great elements, they're all produced, they're all created. So they're all born from their cause. What is the cause? Paramanu, I mean atoms are the cause. There is a fundamental atom called earth, fire, water, space, etc. So when the pralaya or dissolution takes place, the whole universe reduces to these five atoms, which are, which are what? Totally separate from each other. And then when the creation takes place, they start combining and the whole universe is created. This is one view, that the atoms are the material cause of the universe. Tārkikādeva manyante vaiśeshikās, nāyāyikās, this is what? Because with nāyāya, nāyāya, who accept perception and inference, this is how far you can go. Now our science can go, you understand? Science can go, whether you call it atom or you call it something, some particle you call it. You can call it boson particle, whatever you, something. So this is how our tark or, or mean inference can go. So scientists, I said, are tarkikas. Because they also accept perception and inference. Tarkikas are vaidikas, so they accept vedas also. But all of this is arrived at by tarka, by reason. Other fellows, karmano jayantati mimamsaka. Other things from mimamsaka, the vaidikas. Who are they? Ritualists. Staunch vaidikas. You know what they say? The universe is born from karma. Make sense? Because when you perform the karma, there has to be result. And therefore, by my karma, I'm producing my own universe around me. By your karma, you produce your little universe around you. And thus by the collective karma of all the living beings, the jivas, the whole universe is created. Pradhanadevi sankhya, what does sankhya say? The sankhya say that the universe, its cause is pradhanam, primordial matter, pradhanam, consisting of sattva, rajas and tamas. So they say that these three gunas are the fundamental material cause of the universe. From them, so you can look upon the universe as made up of three gunas, sattva, rajas, tamas, but they display, everywhere these three gunas are displayed. So these are the 
prevailing views about the cause of the universe. So what does the Vedantin say? So let us see, verse 14. Ajnana prabhavam sarvam jnana praviniyate sankalpo vividah karta vichara solami drushah Vedanta says, what is material cause? Ajnana prabhavam sarvam. Ignorance is the material cause. So what does Vedanta say? Ignorance is the material cause of the universe. Now that's most amazing. Someday science may come to that. I don't know. So Vedanta, all this, all that is detail of the cause of the universe. What is it? Ignorance. What ignorance? Ignorance of the self. Because we say the universe is what? A projection. On the first day we say, while discussing the first verse, Sri Harim Paramanandam Upadeshtaram Ishwaram Karam Saralokanam Vyapakam Saralokanam Karam. So if Ishwara is consciousness, if consciousness is the Karam, the cause, the material as well as the efficient cause, then it cannot really become an ideal material cause because material cause, such as clay, has to undergo transformation to become part. If consciousness is material cause, then you expect consciousness also to undergo transformation to become this universe, but it is changeless, so it cannot. So from the matter, which is changeless, the whole universe is immersed. How can it be? It can only be with a projection. Mithya. So projection is always born of ignorance. Notions and projections are, for example, rope snake example. What is the cause of snake? What is the material cause of snake? Tell me, what is the snake made up of? In the rope snake example, okay? Made up of what? Made of ignorance of the rope. Not rope. Made of rope ignorance. Because snake is no substance, understand? It's purely projection. Projection which took place because of the ignorance of rope. Ignorance of the specific aspect of rope. The vishesh aspect of rope, ignorance of that, is the cause of the projection of snake. If snake was real, then the cause also would have to be real. But snake is not real. Snake is what? Mithya projection. And projection is always a result of ignorance. Just as rope snake is born of rope ignorance, so also the universe is born of the ignorance of the self, ignorance of Brahman, Agnana prabhavam sarvam. Sarvam, without any exception, is agnana prabhavam. Sarvam is all the entire universe of names and forms. Agnana prabhavam. 
Agnanam Prabhava Yasyata Agnana. Agnana is the origin of which is called Agnana from born of ignorance. Agnana Prabhom Sarvam Jnana Praviliyate. Now that is the second thing. But basically question was Katam idam jatam. How is this universe born? From how it is born? It is born because of ignorance. You can say it is born from ignorance, born because of ignorance. Katam jatam. How did it come what? From ignorance. This is something most amazing you know, to say this. For someone to say that there is no substance in the universe. If you take the universe and split into its component, well, we reduce to ignorance. Can you imagine? No, no particle, nothing there. It reduces to what? Ignorance. Self-ignorance. And ultimately to self. Ultimately, you can say that the maker is only self. But self-ignorance is the material cause and self becomes a intelligent cause or efficient cause. So agnana, pravam, saram, jnanen, that is the reason why the snake, snake that is born of rope ignorance disappears in the wake of the rope knowledge. You follow? The snake which is the creation of rope ignorance disappears in the wake of rope knowledge. Jnana praviliyate. And so praviliyate, it completely disappears in the wake of the knowledge of the rope. So also ignorance, this bulb disappears in the wake of the knowledge of the self. That is, when you are face to face consciousness, there is no name and form there, no universe there. Sankalpo vidah karta. Then kovi karta. Who is the maker of this? Sankalpa. So what is Sankalpa? Sankalpa is will. I want this, I want that. That will is the creator of this universe. <coughs> Ultimately consciousness is the, but consciousness manifesting as Sankalpa. So Lord Narayana is the creator of the universe. So the, the standard, the picture is, Lord Narayana is lying down in his serpent bed and Goddess Lakshmi is sitting there massaging his feet. Sorry for that, but that's the picture, you know, against the women and men. <laughs> so I'll down many desktops, so that's how the picture is, you know. So don't, don't attack me, but this is what it is. <laughs> and it seems that, so Lord Narayana is telling a story. Who? To Goddess Lakshmi. What does she do? Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. So as Lord Narayana tells the story, the creation takes place. Nothing more than that. So dream is a very typical example of creation. Dream is born of what? Of sleep, where there is self-ignorance. So self-ignorance in the dream 
is not complete ignorance and deep sleep, is not total awake, wakefulness in the waking. In the dream, there is some, I am present, but do not know what my true nature is, and that's what brings about the projection of the dream. So, Agnana Prabhavam Sarvam, just as the dream world is the, these projection are created from the ignorance of the waker. Jnana pravilya when I wake up, then the whole dream world is gone. If the dream world disappears, that means the dream world is no substance, otherwise it can't disappear. So dream is now a, a better example to explain the universe. Now, what is it, what makes the what is responsible for a particular configuration of dream? <coughs> I have my own kind of dream, you have your own kind of dream. My sankalva, as the thoughts arise in my mind, so things get created. This thought of mountain, there is mountain. Thought of river, there is river. Is it not so? Thought of an audience, audience. Thought of a hall, hall, thank God. No money to spend, nothing to be done there. And for the audience to be here, no, no problem, no traveling, you know, nothing, you know, it's all there. Yes, hall, hall is there. Audience, audience is there. Public address system, it is there. We are more sophisticated than this. Whatever your thought is. So, sankalpava vavida karta. In the dream, what is the karta, the creator? What, what causes the creation? Sankalpa. That's what Kathavanis also says, you know. As the thoughts take place in the mind, the creation of dream takes place. <coughs> so now the dream is the example or illustration to explain this creation. <coughs> so you talk about rope snake, that also we talk about. We talk about different examples. Sometimes rope snake, sometimes dream. Sometimes something else, sometimes uh, mirage water. So the simple reason is that no example is complete. And therefore every example says something. And therefore depending on what it is that we want to emphasize, you use a particular example to clarify. Sankalpa vividha karta vividha sankalpa. Different kind of sankalpa that arise. Kamam kamam bahudan nirmimana. As kamam, as desire occurs in the dreamer, nirmimana. The creation takes place. So in the dream, all that you need is what? This is thought. For creation of things in the dream, what do you need? Just the thought, isn't it? As you think, so it is. So now in the dream, so two causes are there in every creation, the material cause and the efficient cause. Material cause is ignorance of the waker. Efficient, that is the general matter, you know, the substance of the dream. And what gives a particular shape to the dream is the sankarpa, my individual thoughts. In as much as everybody has their own thoughts, everybody has unique dream. But ignorance, self-ignorance is the 
material cause and Sankalva is the nimitta karanam, efficient cause. Vichara soyamidrushaha. So this is a, a most mind-boggling analysis of the universe. Understand, this is not an ordinary thing at all. <coughs> Since we stray Vedanta every day, but then you can imagine light of what's going on in the universe in terms of research and, you know, arriving at the cause of the universe, etc. for centuries. This one, is this mind-boggling? That ignorance is the matter from which this is made. Then the universe is so substantial here, you know, and, and, and to say that there is no substance in the universe at all. Now, is it not mind-boggling? All this tangible. But Vedanta is no substance at all. What substance? Ignorance is substance. Who created? Just the thoughts created. But then this investigation science cannot carry out because this is not an investigation by instruments that science uses. It is vichara is the, the method of investigation here, <coughs> based on the scriptures. Vichara So this is called the vichara. Of this nature, which becomes the means of knowledge. <coughs> okay. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnamad Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamivavashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavantau Punah Punah Ishvaro Gururatmevi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyomavatyapta Dehaya Dakshinamurtaye Namah Om Shantashantihi Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namah Hari Om